True love, such captivating words. But what is it about love that captures our attention so much? Perhaps it taps into a longing we all have, a longing to experience joy through being fully known and loved and embraced by another being. Perhaps it's a mystery that none of us have yet to fully experience, whether we're single or married. Well, a great author named C.S. Lewis essentially said that true love is not so mysterious and evasive as we tend to think. Rather, it's something everyone can experience no matter their social or relationship status, their place of birth, or even their financial status. See, Lewis argues that being in love is not the most holy endeavor, but loving and becoming a person of love is one's highest calling. Indeed, it's not whether we feel love for another or even from another, but whether we choose to love another. Lewis says it's not being loved, but loving which is the high and holy thing. The truth embedded in all of this is that love and true love is not so much something we find as it is something we become. So how do we become true love? Well, Lewis, being the brilliant author that he is, talks about love in three of his best books that I think are probably his best books. One of them is The Four Loves. It's an amazing book about love in four different ways. Another one is a novel, the last novel he ever wrote called Till We Have Faces. And lastly is his famous book, Mere Christianity. And he talks about love in these books in profound ways. So I want to break them down really briefly. Within these books, he discusses true love in two primary ways. The first is love for others. And the second is how experiencing love from God changes us into a person of love, also known as sanctification, emotional health, or personal development. In his book, The Four Loves, he talks about love from the ancient Greeks, the four ways the ancient Greeks talked about love. They had four words for it, storge, philea, eros, and agape. And in English, it is translated as affection, friendship, eros, erotic love, and agape love is charity. So the first three loves are natural loves. They're basically loves that become tainted if agape, the charity, God's love, doesn't transform those natural loves into something beautiful. And Lewis's argument is basically the loves, the natural loves, affection, friendship, and erotic love, can't even remain the loves that they are unless they are transformed by God's agape love. They will get distorted and they won't even remain what they are or deliver what they initially promised to deliver. And he discusses how all of these loves are experienced with others in human relationships, but with an understanding that God is actually the ultimate source in each of them. In fact, his foundation for the book is the phrase, God is love from the Gospel of John. He says human loves deserve to be called loves only insofar as they resemble that love which is God. He focuses on how the natural loves, affection, friendship, erotic, eros, must be transformed by God's love, charity or agape, for any love to survive. He says love can survive only if it dies. So we must pay close attention to how our natural loves can become an idol. They, they can become tainted and flawed if we don't allow God's version of pure love to redeem, prune, maintain, and repair the natural loves we have for one another. Now, Lewis also famously said, to love it all is to be vulnerable. That means we have to accept the risk inherent in all loves in order to become a person of love, a person that is able to love the way God wants us to love with his agape love. See, love is risky, but God can transform our loves to help us become a person of love, compelling us to move forward despite the risk. He says, we shall draw nearer to God, not by trying to avoid the sufferings inherent in all loves, but by accepting them and offering them to him 
throwing away all defensive armor. And if our hearts need to be broken, and if he chooses this is the way in which they should break, then so be it. What a great quote. Thus, our hope to become like our perfectly loving God must be patterned after his own wounds, the pain inflicted upon him as a result of his love for us. See, love is risky and we can get wounded from the vulnerabilities that love requires. Becoming a person of true love, though, is not about avoiding pain, but healing wounds. When wounds are healed, then we are free to be vulnerable and love selflessly, offering our strength to another, which further enables us to experience true love by loving others well during our journey to become love ourselves. Now in the last novel he ever wrote, Till We Have Faces, he changes the protagonist but essentially he retells the Greek story of Cupid and Psyche, the ancient Greek story. And it talks about how there's three daughters of a king and a queen and the oldest daughter is ugly and she's jealous that Cupid, this god, gets to enjoy the love and affection and fellowship of her youngest sister who's beautiful, Psyche. Now, Lewis transforms the story a little bit, but essentially what happens is Oral, the main character's name, kind of an odd name, but she doesn't allow God's agape love to transform her storge love in Greek, her affection love towards her little sister. And so that love becomes corrupt and she thinks only she knows what's best for Psyche. She thinks that there's no way Psyche could be enjoying her new life with Cupid once Psyche gets taken away from her. And so she has this complaint that she wants to tell the gods. She wants to tell them that she wants an answer for why they dealt so shrewdly with her and why her lot in life is such that she's ugly of soul, ugly of face, and she can't even enjoy the company of her one true love, her youngest sister, who she really loved like a mother loves a daughter because she, there's a huge age gap there. See, God's agape love had not yet transformed her originally decent love, her affection love for Psyche. So she goes to the Greek gods and she explains her complaint. She gets to tell them over and over again from the depths of her being why she's angry at them and why she's mad that they exist at all. And her fair and objective personality makes her realize, okay, I was finally able to voice my concern and tell my complaint to the gods. So she finally receives an answer, which was actually no answer. The gods are simply like, are you answered? And she says yes, because she feels gratified that she was finally able to say from the depths of her being what she truly felt, what she meant. And it provided her so much relief. So the result was freedom, which actually became the answer she always needed. See, the gods listened to her, but they didn't actually answer. She explains, quote, the complaint was the answer. I saw well why the gods do not speak to us openly, nor let us answer. Until that word can be dug out of us, why should they hear the babble that we think we mean? How can they meet us face to face till we have faces? End quote. You see, sometimes God lets us fall so, they, so that we can get to the bottom of what we really mean, so that we can be naked and unveiled and vulnerable before Him, to speak from the depths of our being, to, to speak from our true self about what's really going on and not our false self, our ego, when we simply surrender to our Creator. Even the Greek word for surrender means to take off the mask, to stop being a hypocrite. And it's in that space of vulnerability where loves are transformed. It's in that moment where our hearts are mended and we find our peace and that is the beginning of the journey to becoming love and it's not easy but it's worth it transformation is only possible when we understand how our past has affected our present so in order to be transformed by God's love we must become free from the bondage of the past free from a false identity we have inherited or even embraced ourselves 
Now that was the moment where Orwal, the main character, began to realize how her love for others, her love for her little sister, needed to be transformed by God's love. To not be self-centered, but selfless. Because God's love is selfless, but most of our loves, the natural loves, left to their own bent, as C.S. Lewis says in his book, The Four Loves, they will die on us, they will go bad on us, they will become an idol on us. So they have to be transformed. In other words, we have to be transformed like she was towards the end of Till We Have Faces. Now in Mere Christianity, one of C.S. Lewis's most popular books, he talks about love, again, in various ways, but he talks about how love goes beyond feelings. It's not about our feelings. It's about how we should act as if we had feelings of love towards somebody or even towards God. See, God's agape love for us is more important for us to think about than our feelings or lack thereof for Him. No one has continuous devoted feelings towards God or others. And even if they did, our feelings are not what God really cares about. He says Christian love, either towards God or towards humans, is an affair of the will. He will give us feelings of love if He pleases, but we cannot create them for ourselves, and we must not demand them as a right. But the great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go, His love for us does not." Now the Greek word in the New Testament that says uh, love, that we are to love others, and the love that we experience from God is the Greek word agape. So God is calling us in the Bible to use the same love that He has towards us and do that to other people, to love others in that same way. See, agape goes far beyond our feelings. And sometimes that looks like loving the seemingly unlovable. Lewis is essentially saying something like, love the unlovable until you love them more than you thought possible. When Christ transforms us through the experience of His love, or the abiding in His love, then we get a whole new self, which then enables us to love others through the strength that comes from Him. This strength is trained and developed from consistently knowing His love in an experiential way. 1 John 4.12 says, If we love God, then God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. That last word perfected could also mean to be brought to full expression. So basically his love is refined and perfected in us as God transforms us to be the perfect version of ourselves that we could never be on our own. Because left to our own natural bent, our own natural desires, using our own natural loves of affection, friendship, and erotic love, eros, they will never become transformed by God's agape love unless we submit them and surrender those loves to him. Then and only then will we become a person of love, will we become true love. So, love is not so much something we find as it is something we become, according to C.S. Lewis, a great author. So I'd highly uh, recommend these books, Till We Have Faces, The Four Loves, and Mere Christianity. God bless you. Thank you.